Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening Message of the Bicycle Simplicity is a Blessing Mihet Murat right get on the bike and ride away those blues you're listening to the Yarrabug radio show here on radical radio 3cr streaming podcasting or listening on the transistor in the kitchen 855 on the am dial many thanks to amy goodman and democracy now always good to keep in keep in touch with what's happening in america and the world we've got a big show coming on today we've got a guest this morning john simmons who runs Bike West in Footscray and all parts west of uh, Melbourne. And quite very topical because I know most cyclists out there, every time there's a fatality of a fellow cyclist, we feel something a little bit inside that's sometimes hard to reconcile. And we're going to be taking a, not a forensic, but a, a look at actually what's going on, how do we improve those situations and how do we make sure that these occurrences don't happen very often. Good morning, Faith. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Good morning, Val. And good morning, John. Nice to have you on the show. Good morning. Thanks very much. So we're going to skip through a little bit of news, but we'll first get something personal from all of us. Faith, I'm going to ask you to lead off with a bike moment a because bike. you're so good at these. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's always been true. Um, I had a bike moment a little while ago, just a week or maybe two now. Um, I was on a train at Southern Cross at about 6am waiting for a friend who was uh, in danger of missing the train. We were going for a multi-day bike ride in central Victoria and um, because I was waiting for her, I, s- I had my bike in 
all set up on the train and I saw a wheel come through the door so I leapt up and rushed towards it and it wasn't her. There was another rider who had um, his bike all loaded up and was going. So while we were waiting for her, and um, she did eventually make it with seconds to spare, um, we swapped stories about where we were going and what route we were going to ride and what we were going to be exploring. So that was, uh, and everyone else on the train was sitting there jealously <laughs> listening in. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> Uh, John, I'll lead off to yeah. um, oh, Melbourne's weather One of the great things about Melbourne Actually um, One of those occasions where I actually Had to go somewhere And um, I think I haven't suited up in wet weather gear For a long time <laughs> I've got to say, it wouldn't have mattered how much Gear I had on the other day <laughs> And it was quite interesting because Usually I'm First 30 seconds, I can then just internally let it go and just ride, accept what's happening. I gotta say, for 30 minutes, I fought it the whole way. And when I got home, I thought, that's not, that's not a good way to be, do it. You've actually <laughs> got to really get back to letting it go. Zen. Yes, I was wet, all that sort of stuff. But I didn't handle it all that well. And it was a little bit of a shock to me, actually, because I usually think I'm pretty good at handling those things. Back to Buddha school for you. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to reread Zen and the other bicycle maintenance again. Yes. <laughs> oh, John, have you got something to share with us? Um, just on the way here this morning, my wife's Swedish, so any opportunity to detour past the Swedish bakery, I'll take it. And um, just cycling past this morning, the waft of the uh, the, the cinnamon rolls or canel, no. the canel ball. Oh. Oh, it's a glorious thing. Um, yes, that was a beautiful little thing, just on the way in. One of the world's great calorie replacement tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully made baked pastry. The, yeah. the original yeah. bar. Oh, the original <laughs> fast food, the croissant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Faith, how do we start? We're going to start with... Well, yes. I mean, we invited John from BikeWest on the program... Um, because we thought it was timely to talk about issues for people who want to use a bike in the West. And then um, it was only a couple of days after that that um, we had the awful news. I think um, we'll just for a moment remember Angus. Angus Collins uh, is was 22 years old from Williamstown, was riding his bike along the separated bike path on Footscray Road, crossed um, the intersection with one of the roads into the docks. And and Docklink Road. Yeah. Docklink Road. And at that point was um, – there was a collision with him and a cement mixer who was making a left-hand turn from Footscray Road. And I guess, you know, there's been no official report at this point point about exactly the circumstances surrounding it um but you know people who we can talk in a minute about what we know about that intersection um angus had been a an enthusiastic cyclist since he was a kid he was at the junior clinic at brunswick cycling club um a few years ahead of my son when he was there um Completing a double degree in sports science and business at Deakin University, was also working as a trainee at the Victorian Institute of Sport, um, 
a very young man with a, a life ahead of him to be lived and family and friends who really loved him dearly. It's um, so a terrible, a terrible event to happen, but one that um, seems to be happening more frequently lately um, for cyclists, pedestrians and motorists. But, you know, um, this raises a lot of the questions we were going to talk about today with people using bikes in the West. Um, so it seems like an even more poignant opportunity to discuss some of those. And maybe we can start with um, talking about this particular intersection and we don't know exactly what the circumstances were when the crash happened, but what are the known issues with this um, intersection? It's part of one of the big build projects, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> and there's – so I hope I've got this right. Um, I believe Angus was travelling westwards uh, towards Footscray and a person driving a truck was travelling in the same direction and um, then that person driving the truck turned left at the road and then collided with Angus. So they – I actually travelled through that intersection on the way here this morning um, and the signals are there's a green for cycling and a green for motor traffic occur at the same time. So there's no lead time for cyclists at all in that intersection. So they would have both, whether they arrived, um, were they waiting in the intersection, I don't know, but they both would have had a green to go forwards. And um, just before the intersection, list, list, ugh, five metres before the intersection, there is a pillar which is maybe two, three metres in diameter completely obscuring the vision from someone driving a car or a truck to anyone travelling along the bike path. So it's, I would imagine it's very likely that, that um, the person driving the truck would have had no idea that, that Angus was there because they simply couldn't see him because they were, the, that bike path is completely blocked from view by that pillar. So, so that's... And if you're giving people being able to turn at the same time as people travelling forward on um, on the bike path, that is basically going to be a recipe for disaster. So it's a, it's become a blind corner for people driving cars and trucks. Um, so therefore, naturally enough, many people riding their bikes will assume that with the green signal they can travel forward, but it's not the case. And to be honest, I'm surprised something like this hasn't happened before. I've heard... A lot of stories just in the last couple of days about many, many, many near misses uh, um, that have been witnessed or that people I've spoken to have um, actually experienced due to this particular thing where there is a massive blind spot. And the pylon is relatively new. Um, I, I, I don't have a date on it, but I would say it's, yeah, it's six to 12 months. Yeah. So yeah. this is an intersection that um, seems to have worked reasonably well before that yeah uh, yeah i mean i've traveled along that path that literally thousands of times um and there's never been well i mean it's always been a bit of an, an ugly intersection but i haven't felt particularly unsafe now i i do and particularly now that they have temporarily closed the eastern end of footscray road so there's a l many 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 more trucks traveling down <clears throat> Docklink road than yeah, right. yeah. I remember um, because it's the the nature of that intersection. I think when you're on the bike path, is that it's only almost only going to be very large trucks entering 
going in and out. So you're well aware of that on the bike path, but I always remember before this pylon was there, you had a very wide, long view. The sight lines were infinitely longer, yeah. which is yeah. the key. And that must also be the case for anyone who was driving one of oh, those of vehicles. Course, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, but Footscray Road um, has been a long time. It's been a... I mean, I, I don't know the exact date of when the... Sorry, I haven't been speaking to the microphone. Um, <laughs> the When the first protected bike lane, but I would suggest it might have been one of the very first protected bike lanes in Melbourne because in the 1930s, many, many cyclists were being fatally struck by drivers along Footscray Road before there was a separated facility. Um, And it reached a peak in September 1936 where there was an incident where a motorist struck and fatally killed a cyclist and propped his body up against a lamppost and drove off. And that appeared to be the thing, okay, we've gone too far, we have to do something about this. And then the next year, that's when they actually put in, so in the late 30s, the first separator bike lane along Footscray Road. And now I just, I get this horrible sense of coming back to uh, where it's going to be dangerous again, you know, back to the 1930s, which uh, I hope not. I mean, I know this Velo way, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this Velo way that they're proposing. Mm. I have reservations about, some reservations about that as well. I don't know how welcoming a space it will be for people who feel vulnerable um, because there's no passive surveillance. There's very very long distance between exit points, Uh, particularly late at night. if If you feel like you might be... It could be a very intimidating space. I'm not convinced it's going to be popular for everyone. No. I think, um, and just in case any listeners aren't aware, so there's been a veloway, a veloway being built hanging underneath the roadway, essentially, that's being built down mm. along um, Footscray Road. I want to use the expression dogs, but I'll try and... Um, um. <laughs> and when we think of a veloway, we often see those that have been built overseas. They're four, five, six metres wide, open, very um, welcoming spaces this one is i believe three and something meters wide approximately it has high sides and it's hanging under a freeway so it's essentially a tunnel yeah it's a tunnel it's a tunnel in the air yep and i know when the first consultation was done on it and since then there's a lot of feedback from women who are saying there is no way Particularly at night, I didn't want to speak for women, but my immediate thought was: I asked my wife, "Would you ride in here?" She said, "Never in a million years." Because if you see or come across someone who is feels dangerous, there is no way for you to get away from them. And you know, Footscray Road is not great in that respect, but it's better than absolutely. Yeah, and then that's what we've been suggesting. You know, it would be better to make the existing one higher quality, safer, more attractive than to have this elevated tunnel, which mm. we don't think. Yeah, is, I think is. if you're building a veloway, which can be great, mm. um, but they, they have to – I mean, it's – you know, I don't know many women who are comfortable walking through dark underpasses, and this is a 1.7-kilometre underpass. That, essentially, yeah. yeah. You know? And my, my fear now is that the response to this horrible, horrible tragedy with Angus' death is that Vic Road, the Department of Transport, say, oh, that – that path is too dangerous. We're going to shut it. We're only going to have the velo way. Yeah. And 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 if that happens, that would be a terrible outcome because for people who don't feel comfortable travelling at in a dark tunnel, <laughs> which is a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. um, they will have no way to cycle into the city along 
that, that no. route. And there are people who do need to access, while the sites on one side are motor vehicle access only, there are others, there are people who work in those areas and who travel by bike. So, mm. you know, it's, it's essential that that um, path on the road level is maintained. And, and the, so the terrible thing that strikes you about this, or one of them, is this is a situation where we do have a separated bike lane. Mm-hmm. And yet because this intersection has been managed in a certain way, um, it, we still have this terrible outcome. And I looked at the geometry of it this morning. So, so one of the things about, I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with the concept of protected intersections. And so one of the key factors of that is you have to have the pedestrian or cycle cycleway approximately six metres back from the, the travelling path of motor vehicles. So by the time they turn into it, they, you're in their field of view so they can see you. But not only that, you have to have very short um, radius corners which forces people to drive around the corner slowly. Mm. Now, now at that particular intersection, it is a very large radius corner. So people driving in trucks or cars don't have to slow down a lot to go around that corner. So, so you know, as we know, the key speed is that 30 k's, but, you know, preferably less. Um, by having that large radius corner doesn't force people to slow down. They can go around that at speed, and um, I imagine something like that is what what has happened with angus and it's you know it's fully laden trucks it's it's not easy to slow down and and that might be someone's thinking but what occurs to me is that with the state government we have a lot of policy about prioritizing pedestrians and cyclists but what we see over and over is when it comes to implementing that on the ground decisions are being made that don't do that like in this case, what you're describing is the movement of trucks around that corner is being prioritised. Well, yes. Uh, well, not just the movement, the the smooth progress to to so they don't have to slow down too much, you know, so that doesn't inconvenience them, you know. Or slow down other traffic on the or, road yeah, behind them. So that team seems to be way higher in the um, thinking than um, the safety of people riding bicycles. John, there's been a fair bit of change <clears throat> along Footscray Road just in the last year, hasn't it? Uh, in what sense? Oh, that uh, a couple of changes to those intersections. It's been changing constantly for on, the past three or four years. Four years, yeah. 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 So, uh, and I mean, that's not the only bad intersection on I, on Footscray Road. No, I know. Look, I'm, I might be a little bit hazy on this, but I can remember another fatality a little bit further on when there was a crossing of the bike path and one of the entrance is to Footscray Road. Uh, Remember where the old service station used to be there? I'm not sure if the service station is there well, now. There's a, a woman called Azu was, was this very similar sort of occurrence uh, on Whitehall Street, which is just down from Footscray Road, Road near yeah. the Garable Docks. Again, uh, someone driving a truck, turning left. Uh, no, they, left both, they both turner. had green. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just read the coroner's report and the coroner concluded that the person was uh, on their phone. They were distracted at the time. Yeah. And the, the person driving the truck to this day still denies that they did it yeah. and that they weren't on the phone as well. So, so, um, so and when I, when I looked at the recommendations that people put in, they said, you know, some people said, I think Bicycle Network might have said there should be a left red arrow. Yeah. And then Vic Rhodes said... 
oh, we can't do that. We'd have to, there's only two and a half lanes, uh, so we don't have the space to put in a third lane for the left read. I went, well, you know, there's, it's about a 30-metre road easement. You could yeah. actually move the gutter a little bit and you could easily make that extra lane, but it would cost a few, it would co- there'd be a cost involved and yeah. they simply weren't prepared to do that. So now they have proposed this bridge over Whitehall Street. Again, it has its own issues, um, which we have highlighted and had zero response on around that it sort of detours around Yarraville Gardens where you have to go oh, yeah. up and then you have to go down this very steep street, Harris Street, where I did a little <laughs> rolling test where without pedalling I'm hitting 40 k's an hour yeah. before you hit the bridge. Um, and that's supposed to be a shared path. Like 40 k's an hour on bikes and people walking is not a great combination. And there's already been massive... The, the local sporting clubs there, the, uh, the cricket club and tennis club have already said, no, I... we do not want this. No. Think, oh, goodness me. <laughs> and so it's that thing again where, you know, on the one hand, this body in the Department of Transport has these documents that say we must prioritise safety of pedestrians and cyclists, but when it comes to doing that, there's always some reason not to. Yeah, and, and but even in the design, because I've, I've, my, and I don't want to, as I was saying to you previously, I, I don't want to say all traffic engineers uh, don't understand these issues, but a lot don't. Um, and I feel like there needs to be a lot more professional development in cycling infrastructure for traffic engineers. Like, as you said, you, you know a lot of good ones. I know a few good ones in the West. Um, but these sorts of designs where you're putting pedestrians and bikes together as this alternative saying we've fixed yeah. it. Well, no, you haven't. You've made a different problem. You've put conflict mm. instead of people on bikes and motorised traffic. You've now got a conflict between people on bikes and people walking. So, you know, <laughs> you can solve these things, but you have to be able to understand what the issues are involved. We'll be back just after this break. Sorry, talking too much. Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. And you're listening to 3CR here in Melbourne, Community Radio, whose birth or genesis was the Whitlam government's decision to open up the airways for people who did not have a voice. That was 1972. We are now in 2023. 3CR is still going. You know why it's still going? Because people in Melbourne value that independent voice so much so that they subscribe, they donate, not only their own money, but a lot of people here at 3CR devote their time, their skills to running radio shows, speaking to a whole range of people from Somali refugees to bike riders to punk rockers to anarchists, the whole thing. The point is, if you value this resource, you need to help keep it going. That is why you should subscribe to 3CR. Get on the phone, get on the web, write a check out, 
punching <laughs> your credit card, or walk in and pay in cash. 3CR always needs new subscribers. And just have time coming back now to talk about um, going on from the dangers of cycling in the West, a critical mass ride you have coming up soon. Uh, that's right. And um, I would be remiss of me not to mention the fact this is primarily being organised by some colleagues of mine, Pierre Varo and Eleanor Pereira. And so they are fantastic people, fantastic advocates for cycling and um much better at organising things than me, so leaving it in their very <laughs> capable hands. Um, so, yes, on Friday the 24th, just got to make sure I'm saying the right times. Yes, Friday the 24th at 5pm, we'll be meeting outside the State Library and we'll be it's a family-friendly event and there will be um, escorted by the, the police along the way. So we'll be moving, uh, ending up towards uh, via Kensington and JJ Holland Park down and then up um, Hopkins Street into Footscay. And the key word going, reason we're going along there is because um, there is a, there's a pretty good protected cycle facility all the way along Dinan Road, which crosses the, um, the river mm-hmm. and promptly stops. You know, it's, and it's, it's you, can, you can see Footscray, you know, <laughs> 600 metres up the road, and you know, but I can't, I can't get there. Uh, um, and that, on that corner up the top of the hill is the Franco Cotso building. So we call this yep. the Franco Cotso link. Um, and we have been advocating very strongly for that. It's an 18-metre wide road space and lots of excuses have been thrown up. It's just a matter of getting the um, the gumption, the, the, the will to do it. And so we're lobbying hard for that. So we're proposing to highlight that on our critical mass ride from so i'll say again february 24th at 5 p.m at the state library there has been some suggestion that we detour via footscray road and that mm-hmm. angus's um where angus was had his accident um but I, that hasn't been confirmed we still have to talk to some people and to also talk to his family we don't know what's appropriate at the moment we have to talk that one through um, but encourage as many people as, to come along as possible. And as I said, it's, it'll be friendly for all ages. Um, and we're having a police escort so to make sure everyone's safe and that, you know, but we want to make our point that there's those missing, uh, those barriers which are inevitably come from gaps in the network which stop people riding. They just, you know, this is a massive one in the West. And those gaps, um, I mean, they stop people riding, but they cost people lives. Yep. John, can I just ask the genesis of Bike West? Uh, yeah, so uh, when I noticed you said I run Bike West. I think that's a bit of a generous oh, term. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, would, you, th- you are first on the list. Well, the okay, list, so, anyway. so I, I'm technically president, um, but, you know, there's lots of people who help out. Um, and the genesis of it was maybe about seven years ago. Um, my So my oldest is 18 now and... So he was about eleven then, and my others, you know, eight and <clears throat> eight and six at the time. And I was, I was, I said, oh, I really want my kids to be able to ride around independently more. And I just went, and I live in Yarraville. And I went, oh man, it is so unsafe. I mean, yeah. we've got it. This is ridiculous. So, so I started getting a bee in my bonnet about that. Um, started riding, and I'm an academic by background. I started riding these ridiculously long winded submissions with a zillion references which you know people at council their eyes glaze over <laughs> but but um so then a few people sort of joined me um 
and we sort of, and then at the time Mazabug had sort of run out of steam and yeah. um we went well, okay well let's just um step in there and um be a bit bolshy and say we're talking about the whole west <laughs> and yeah. so so we we have uh really good connections with people in Brimbug, for example yep. um so 30 and Graham Oak, they're really good guys. And also the Brimbank Bike Education Centre, Neil Honeychin out there, yep. do fantastic stuff. Um, and some other groups as well. Um, so we try and, because they have better local knowledge than us, so we try and collate and use their information to be able to, um, yeah. to be a focal point for the West. Um, and, you know, that, that, that networking thing, which everyone talks about, it's so important. You can't just do it on an LGA by LGA. It's got to be able to be fitting with each other that's why we've sort of taken that approach yeah and but look- sorry one other thing we, we take a view it's we don't just talk about active transport we actually talk about all forms of just people on bikes whether it's recreational yeah. as well um and that's why we've been pushing very hard for um both education facilities and recreational facilities because you know more people just ride recreationally they're more likely to ride for active transport yeah and we've we've had a few hits a few misses more misses than hits um but but we've um, managed to convince Maribyrnong to install to have a recreational bike strategy. So now they're going to be doing a few more mountain bike parks, and we're going to be working with um, some schools to develop up a school bike program for doing some mountain bike blah blah. blah and yeah. we're um, getting some help from some people in the bike industry on that. There are some mm-hmm. wonderful trails in the west that actually a lot of Melbourne don't know about. Yeah. Maribyrnong River. Maribyrnong River is brilliant. Is absolutely a brilliant mm-hmm. ride. The ride along past Williamstown. Is yeah. one of my lovely rides, it and you can always, you can do a loop back now through the Caroit Creek Trail. Yes, yeah, yep. And I think that's all we have time for today. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure yes. that is all we have time Thank for. Thank you very much for coming on the show, John. You're um, very welcome. Thanks for having me. And. We'll be posting up a link with the podcast to the Critical Mass event and right. to Bike West so people can get in touch with you if they have further questions or want to get involved. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and coming up next is... I think it's going to automatic broadcast. So <clears throat> I can't say she bops on <laughs> Take care. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.